Redbox Media Programming is brought to you by... We've got good news. The world is open again, and people like you, people of faith, are traveling to Catholic sites around the world. Want to travel with exceptional Catholic leaders this fall, next year, or in the future? Are you looking to see specific sites, celebrate traditional Latin Mass, or travel to destinations without vaccine requirements? We are here to help you deepen your faith on pilgrimage. Give us a call at 1-800-842-4842 or visit us online at selectinternationaltours.com. Select International Tours is your pilgrimage company, and we have the perfect Catholic trip for you. Are you looking to serve God and society? Consider putting your gifts to work as a lawyer. Ave Maria School of Law has been educating faith-filled lawyers for over 20 years. Ave Maria School of Law is committed to training lawyers to use law appropriately around the moral issues of our time. Visit AveMariaLaw.edu to learn more about integrating your faith with a law degree. You know, sometimes your day doesn't go exactly as you're planning it to go. I got up this morning, was looking forward to praying, probably about, I don't know, 30, 40 minutes later than I normally do. Still dark out, got downstairs, put on the coffee, and then I just started scrolling through social media. I was truly taking in all the love and the prayers and the support that I'm getting for the loss of my husband and for the loss of my dad not too long ago on Christmas Day. Anyway... I then, you know, sent a few more people that came to my heart, some texts, and I, you know, just kind of let the day get away from me, but it was necessary. There was a connection with someone today that I haven't talked to in a good long time, and there was some real raw honesty going on between the two of us that, uh, more me (laughs) than her, but that helped, I think, her because of my vulnerability and honesty. So I look at that as such a blessing. I mean, a lot of people are like, what can I do for you? A lot of people who know my husband very well. And I'm like, hey, wait a minute. You're also mourning. What can I do for you? It was funny because before we hung up, I'm like, wait, 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 wait. What's going on in your life? I haven't talked to you in like, what, a year or something? Like, hello. And then that was a moment for me. I felt the Holy Spirit say, why don't you tell her? And I'm so grateful. And then I finally, finally, finally get to the daily readings. Now I go about today completely different than I have the last two days. Look, anyone and everyone who's out there, I love you. Follow my podcast because of two reasons. Number one, it's therapeutic for me. This whole ministry and everything that God is doing in my life is all about me glorifying him and sharing with you the vulnerable, embarrassing, shameful truth about how God has come into my life and changed my heart in so many ways. But I am, as you are, a work in progress and I'm not 100% ever. So that's why we need God. Okay, but that's not, I mean, so I guess what I'm saying is go back to my very first podcast two days ago. So wherever you listen to podcasts, just search Kendra Von Esch, realityreflections.com and take a listen. And my first podcast is incredible. 
Seeking the Goodness of God. The second podcast is truly hearing from God and then hearing the real truth about pretty much why I think my husband was taken. And then today, it's pretty late. It's about 11.40. Ooh, I missed 11.11 today. (laughs) But it's 11.40, and I finally get to reading the reading. So two days in a row, I started with that beautiful Surrender Rosary. Now I'm in the middle of my day, and I'm cool with it because apparently I needed to be on that phone call for all that time earlier. And I'm good with that. And so now, okay, Lord, what do you want to teach me today? What do you want to show me? Because every single day since I sat down in prayer with him, which I did not do since my husband died on Saturday, I didn't pray until Tuesday morning. But now I'm like, okay, let's go into the readings. And here you go. It's the feast of the presentation of the Lord. What is that? That is when... Mary and Joseph took Jesus like he was any normal kid, right? (laughs) In Jerusalem, we're going to take him in and we're basically going to consecrate him to the Lord. But they're also going to take a census so that they have, you know, a record of another little boy in Jerusalem. And then, of course, there is an amazing reading after that in Hebrews, and then, of course, the gospel. And all I feel like is at least this first one is so much about what God has me walking in right now. And that is, when you die, where do you go? What happens? So three weeks ago, probably four weeks now, I started a purgatory series on my YouTube channel. So if you listen to this and you really also want to know what's going to go on in life, in my life, and how I'm coping and what I'm doing next, join my YouTube channel. Just click subscribe, click the black bell. That'll be a little all reminder. So anytime I put a video out there, which I haven't done yet, by the way, crazy when you go out to my YouTube channel, the last short. So there's different categories on my channel. If you click shorts, you're going to see the last one I did. I say, calling all husbands, watch this. (laughs) And then I go on for a minute and basically say, hey, husbands, you would probably, you know, solve many, many, many of your fights if you just said thank you to your wives and appreciated them and let them know. That was the last video I did on that. And then the last video that I did was me cleaning the house and not cursing my blessings, being grateful that I have a house to clean. The one in Tennessee where I was cleaning drywall dust. And then I look at the last podcast I did and it was, are things not as they as you expect, are things not as you expect? And that was taken or recorded, I should say, down in Tennessee when I was all miffed about the fact that we didn't have things where we expected them to be from the people who built our frame and our house and everything. So I look back on how pitiful that was, how nitpicky that was, how I would give everything, everything, and I'm talking everything, people, for my husband to be back in my life. 
Okay, but what did God say to me today? So again, go back, the place that I will come in video, I promise, I'm just not ready right now. This is the best outlet that I have, and it's still very emotional and very, you know, kind of there. So <laughs> stay with my podcast, audio podcast, Reality Reflections, and just go out there and just search Kendra Von Esch podcast. Okay, here we go. Oh, okay. <laughs> Wait a minute. I forgot what I was saying there. On my YouTube channel, I started a purgatory series because I started researching what happens if you don't go to heaven or hell. And by the way, there are Bible verses that say nothing unclean gets into heaven. And we need to be perfect like our heavenly father is perfect. It's biblical. So I'm looking at my husband and I'm like, he's not perfectly clean. Nor am I, by the way. My father, when he passed on Christmas Day, was able to meet with a priest and went through the beautiful sacrament of the anointing of the sick and the apostolic pardon and had a beautiful confession, but still lived for four weeks. But I assume that he is probably in heaven before he died. Now that is a beautiful, beautiful grace and a beautiful blessing. And it gave me peace. But then my husband passes out of the blue, isn't going to mass. And so again, I need you guys to walk with me through this because I truly believe in the, in the church's teachings, but I also believe in the miracle and the mercy of God. Okay. So <laughs> the next video that I do in my purgatory series is I'm proving by the Bible verses in the old Testament and the new Testament that purgatory exists. And it's a beautiful gift from God. Why? Because again, nothing unclean gets up there. Got to be perfect. Like your heavenly father is perfect. Well, I'm not perfect. You're not perfect. Nobody's perfect. That's why we may, we need this purification by fire. And a lot of the references, this is my third video is purification by fire in the old Testament and the new Testament. And guess what slaps me in the face in the, on the feast of the presentation of the Lord. Malachi, which is an old Testament book. Just so you know, that book was removed out of the non-Catholic Christian Bibles. So some of you may have never heard this before, but it's always been in the Catholic Bible. By the way, the Bible is originated from the Catholic Church, the church that existed for 1500 years until Luther and the Protestants spun off from it. Just saying, okay, here we go. Malachi 3 verse 1 through 4. Thus says the Lord God, Lo, I am sending my messenger to prepare the way before me. And suddenly there will come to the temple the Lord whom you seek and the messenger of the covenant whom you desire. Yes, he is coming, says the Lord of hosts. But who will endure the day of his coming and who can stand when he appears? For he is like the refiner's fire, or like the fuller's lie. He will sit refining and purifying silver, and he will purify the sons of Levi, refining them like gold or like silver, that they may offer due sacrifice to the Lord. Then the sacrifice of Judah and Jerusalem will please the Lord. 
as in the days of old, as in years gone by. This is basically saying, and again, Luther hated purgatory, but there's too many books that he would have to deny and cut out, but Malachi was one of them. And this is saying he will purify the sons of Levi. So Levi is actually one of the um, tribes of the 12 tribes of Judah, 12 tribes of, you know, there's Levi, there's all these different tribes. Levi is the one where all of the priests came out of. So what they're talking about, purifying the priests and hello, I mean, I'm Catholic. I'm not an idiot thinking that priests and holy people, whether they're nuns or even the Pope are holy. Don't let me <laughs> Don't let me let you think that I believe anyone is holy. This is why purgatory is so beautiful. And I know that there are evil people, but here I am exposed as I'm going through this wonderful journey of God, confirming my husband and his mercy and his love. And again, his biblical proof of refining, of purifying before he goes into heaven. It's just absolutely beautiful. Now, the gospel as well, Luke 2, 22 through 40. I don't know if this necessarily um, confirms purgatory biblically, but it starts right off with, when the days were completed for their purification, according to the law of Moses, Mary and Joseph took Jesus up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. Just as it is a just as it is written in the law of the Lord, every male that opens the womb shall be consecrated to the Lord and to offer the sacrifice of a pair of two turtle doves or two young pigeons in accordance with the dictate in the law of the Lord. So this goes back. This is another, this is the gospel now. This is the New Testament. The New Testament is post Jesus coming. The Old Testament is before Jesus is coming. And here, they are referencing the law of Moses, who is in the Old Testament. So it's basically what they call a typology. So it is a prophecy that was given back in the Old Testament before Jesus came. That is proof that is being fulfilled through Jesus, you know, at the time of his coming, etc. So that is why anyone who is a Christian, now this doesn't matter if you're Catholic, all Christians must be baptized. This is how we have that indelible mark on our soul that we, our, our souls, our bodies, our minds, our lives are Jesus Christ's. That is the only way, and you can see it throughout the Bible, that is the truth, the way, and the life. We are baptized in the Catholic Church, by the way. We do that very, very, very quickly when they're babies. And in other religions, or I should say not other religions, other Christian denominations, some believe that, hey, that makes no sense. You should have the kid be able to logically choose Jesus. But I will tell you this, I'm so glad that I was baptized when I was a baby because I'm darn sure that the Holy Spirit within me, and I was, by the way, all the way confirmed into the Catholic Church. I had First Communion and Confirmation. And that means the Holy Spirit was in me and protecting me. Otherwise, I honestly believe that I would be dead or I would have killed someone else, or I'd be in jail or something with all the way that my life 
I live my life and put myself and others in so much danger. Okay, so again, Jesus came to fulfill the law, not abolish the law. So Mary and Joseph bring them in, get him, you know, basically consecrated to God and also put in the census, which isn't covered in this particular gospel. So they're following the Jewish practice and the law of Moses, which is again where the Catholic Church is birthed from. If you read Leviticus back in the Old Testament, we were taught they, excuse me, <laughs> they were taught how to worship God. God told them explicitly how to, you know, um, to have sacrifices for sins of adultery versus sins of forgiveness versus sins of jealousy and all these different types of offerings and the different things that you had to do. God told them exactly in the tribe of Levi how to do this. Well, doesn't that make sense? He did the exact same thing in the Catholic Church. You absolutely have to specifically do this with ordained hands of the priests in confession and in the forgiveness of sins through that sacrament, as well as Jesus in the Eucharist, the Holy Communion host. It's not in any other Catholic, I'm sorry, non-Catholic faith. Except there's Orthodox and there's a couple of other things that are like Eastern, but they may not be Roman Catholic. There's 22 rites. It's kind of confusing, but at the end of the day, <laughs> it's, you know, I'm still Catholic, 100%. And I believe that Jesus is in the Eucharist, the Holy Communion, and that's why we go to Mass and all that kind of fun stuff. But anyway, I digress. Let me go back to the Gospel. And that's, you know, they, they offer him up. Jesus. And then two prophets, one named Simeon and one named Anna. Simeon says, Oh Lord, I am finally able to see the Christ. Now you can let me die. He's very, very old age. And he turns toward Mary and says, Ah, oh, this son, this baby of yours is the Christ. And he is going to be the rise and the fall of many in Jerusalem. And so Mary, he also said, and Mary, this will also pierce your heart. Can you imagine being Mary thinking, oh my goodness, <laughs> uh, Lord, I don't know what this is. Or maybe she had visions of exactly what it was. I do not know. I know there are some saints out there and some visionaries who think that they've got this all put together, but in the end, we'll know eventually when hopefully we're in purgatory, <laughs> I'm still shooting for heaven. All right. And then Anna, the prophetess, after she was married for seven years and then her husband passed and then she ended up up into her eighties, lived her life as a widow, a hundred percent dedicated to God. She lived her life in the temple, praying and fasting all the time. And she too confirmed that Jesus is the Messiah. So they had two prophet people, you know, in the Old Testament, basically telling Mary, not the Old Testament, New Testament, sorry, that, hey, you fulfilled all of the prescriptions of the Lord. And everyone who was waiting for the redemption of Jerusalem, they confirmed that it was in Jesus. There may be a lot of you who are like, what? 
what? I don't even know what the heck you're talking about, girl. Like, I don't, and I need you to know this. Neither did I. I was not even understanding who Jesus was. I just thought Jesus was God's son. I didn't know he was God. I also didn't know why Jesus died for us. I didn't know that he took on all of our sins, past, present, and future. That's why his death was so brutal. And last but not least, I did not know that the Catholic Church had these sacraments and that they were given to us by Jesus in his church so that we can run to the church, find forgiveness and mercy from God, and then get back up and do our best to walk this very difficult life. He's asked us to walk in this very evil world <laughs> that wants nothing to do with God. So I didn't know what I didn't know for a super long time, but then I started feeling and seeking and asking, and then God would put things in my way or people in my way, or honestly experiences in my way like this. It wraps in with death and purification and that there is meaning to our life here on earth. It's not just go ahead and have as much fun and pleasure as you can and then you die. It's quite the opposite. It's go to God and ask him to make his will your pleasure. Not your pleasure, your pleasure. Help me do your will, God, which means that I'm not a drunkard or an alcoholic or a pothead or I'm addicted to food and all these things. Like I have no self-control over my body, like these kinds of excuses and ways that we live that the world tells us addicted to scrolling through social media, addicted to work, addicted to doing everything but being present with your family and your friends. And gosh, I'm screaming loudly to you people too. Like, do not expect there's another day. When we were driving home that day, I was on my, my phone listening to podcasts with earbuds in my ears almost the entire way. Where I could have been talking to him and connecting with him and being with him, not knowing that I wouldn't have possibly, like that I would have three hours left with his, himself here. Let my life and this experience soak into you. This is, I believe, why God wants me to talk about all this stuff so that we can all Pray and not take a moment for granted. But yet also look at the mercy of God and wow, look at what he says in his Bible. And I'm, I'm just sharing every day with you what he's doing to me, how he's speaking to me. Now you might be like, well, where did those readings come from? Especially people who don't understand. Well, what do you mean these daily readings? Look, this is how the church is structured. Across the world, we are all praying the same readings, the same Psalms. So this is how it's structured. They do the Old Testament in ordinary time, most of the time, except for Lent. After, I'm sorry, after the resurrection up until uh, Pentecost. It's only the New Testament, by the way. It's the only time frame where we don't do the Old Testament because, hey, guess what? Jesus is, re is resurrected. Jesus is the Messiah. So that's why we 
for 50 days, only read gospel stuff after the New Testament, meaning after Jesus came. But for the rest of the year, we have an Old Testament reading. Then we have maybe a second reading. It may be Old Testament. This is a Sunday, by the way. Maybe Old Testament, maybe New Testament. Then we have a Psalm reading, which are 150 beautiful poems. They are so awesome. By the way, I used to be a Psalm sprinter. Like I would just read through those so fast because I wanted to get to the gospel in the early part of my journey. And I highly recommend you not doing that because they are love letters from God to us. They're so beautiful. And then lastly, the Alleluia, right before everyone receives the beautiful body, blood, soul, and divinity. Oh no, I'm sorry. The Alleluia is what you read. And then the gospel. I'm actually going through mass in my head. All right. That's a lot, but we also receive daily readings. The only difference in the daily readings is that there's not a second reading after the first reading, which is typically the Old Testament. And then everyone can receive the Eucharist Jesus every single day in Holy Communion. So this is the beauty, and this is why when people were devoted to Catholicism, they understood what they were receiving. They understood that God asked them, give me one day. Give me a Sabbath day, just like in the Old Testament. I don't want you working. I want you to worship me. I want you to be with your family. I want you to be loving. Don't go do a bunch of errands. Don't do a lot of work. That's the day of rest. Even God rested on the seventh day. And so it's a time for us to reconnect with God, reconnect with our spirit. So it's on purpose. Like God gives us these quote unquote rules that everyone thinks the Catholic Church is for a reason. Because if we actually, quote unquote, follow those rules, you know, then we will be so happy, so filled with joy, God's joy, which is different than the happiness that the world gives us, which is always fleeting. It's like in something, well, if I do this, I'll be happy. Or we think that, oh, only until this happens in my life, will I be happy, you know, some, and that's so not the way we're supposed to live. And that's not how it is with God. You could be happy and your husband just dies on Saturday. Like, that's what I'm talking about. It's this joy because he's confirmed with me where my husband is. And again, go listen to my other podcasts. I love you, but I can't keep repeating the same thing because other people have been podcast by podcast walking with me. And I'm just telling you, God is showing his goodness. Oh, and I want to wrap up with this. My mom, the first night it happened... Remember, I tell you, God talks to me. He talks to me through other people and he's concise and doesn't mince words. So my mom was talking and she goes, you know, I just keep seeking the goodness of God. And I've said that I can't tell you how many times on these podcasts, but I don't think that I've ever mentioned that it came from my mother's lips to my ears on the day that changed my life. So I kept saying, Lord, please help me see your goodness in this. And when you ask, he will give it to you, especially in moments like this. Okay, everyone, I love you all. 
Ah, fine, something more with God. Soul, mind, and body. And have a blessed and inspired day.